Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. What's up? Welcome in. Start of a new week on the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me. And a handful of things to talk about today. Number one, something that uh, I, I guess broke Friday, but after I recorded the podcast, Ole Miss added a tight ends coach, and I think it's a pretty significant move. And I'll explain what I mean coming up later. Uh, the visit, the big recruiting visit, apparently has gone well. Give you the details. And also, we'll talk about Ole Miss basketball. They get another win. The way that you expected them to win basketball games was how they beat Texas A&M on Saturday. And I'll ask the question, are you back in? Are you locked back into Ole Miss basketball? I know the baseball team just got a preseason number four ranking from Baseball America. I mean, everybody in the country is really high on this baseball team. I know you guys are excited to see them play, sadly, uh, 25% capacity, at least for now, is going to be the number. So the great atmospheres that you get at Swayze won't be great, at least at the beginning. However, everybody's really high on this baseball team. But are you back into hoops? Because if you are, I'll keep covering them. The last two games, they have looked like they were supposed to look this season. So we'll talk about all that coming up right here on the podcast. First, a few things. As always, I remind you, follow me on Twitter, at Michael Borky. You can find me there, and tomorrow starts the uh, the live stream, the morning live stream, is uh, tomorrow morning. Finish the graphic overlay tonight, uh, which was, or, or this morning, I should say, and that's really exciting. So we'll start tomorrow morning. Uh, I think it looks pretty good, especially for uh, my wife and I's amateur editing skills. It worked out nicely. So follow me on Twitter. You can watch that there every single morning. Subscribe to the podcast if you're on iTunes, like it if you're on Spotify, leave a rating and a review, and don't forget to stop by LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford. The weather this week, at least here in Jackson, is going to be pretty great, so perfect uh, to get off work a little early. Ah, going to be cold in Oxford, cold-ish, but this weekend weather should be okay temperature-wise, so if it's too cold for you, let Greg and the people at LB's do the cooking for you. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, but they are open seven days a week. So if you get a wild hair and you want to throw something on the grill, uh, you can do that any day of the week. Best place in Mississippi to get your meat. That is LB's. Go by, see Greg, and tell him that Super Talk sent you. All right, this story kind of flew under the radar, and for good reason. It was the weekend, and Ole Miss basketball was playing, and people are still having to deal with the Lane Kiffin to Tennessee stuff that sports radio in Nashville did all week long. Um, the coming home thing always cracks me up. He w- wants to come home. He-, he was at Boca longer than Knoxville. What are you, what are you talking about home? It's not home to, to anybody. Home is where the ocean is for that guy. But but anyway, so this kind of got lost in the fold. Um John David Baker is the new tight ends coach at Ole Miss. Football Scoop is the one that broke it on Friday night. Um, he was the tight ends coach at Southern Cal. And 
I love the process. That, that's the thing here. Uh, the most important thing to take away from this, uh, despite what is said on morning drive time radio in Jackson, uh, having some staff turnover is not bad. Um, I don't even have enough time to address how silly that take is. But if you want to talk about staff continuity, it's important to some degree. But if nobody wants your staff members then you're doing something wrong. That's just a, it's a nonsense take. Uh, completely not rooted in reality. But anyway, I'm getting off in the weeds. This is more of a mark of who your head coach is than keeping their entire staff intact. Nick Saban has never kept an entire staff intact. And look at how he's doing. If you're able to hire the next guy who is as good or better, then it doesn't matter. Coaching staff turnover is supposed to happen. This is normal. There wasn't a mass exodus like you had at LSU. You lost your tight ends coach to his alma mater and your special teams coordinator to his alma mater. If you think that's a sign of like an unhealthy program, you are looking at it through a lens that is not reality. Uh, but this process is a great example of for however long it is going on, the kind of program you're getting that is run by Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. I love this process, in part because nobody knew this name. I mean, nobody knew this name. It wasn't talked about. It wasn't mentioned. This wasn't even a guy that was on anybody's radar. As far as like the local beat here, uh, people in this state, I, I would... Uh, I don't think you'd find many people that would disagree with this statement. I think Neil McCready is as well-sourced and good at coaching searches as anybody that covers sports in this state. I think it's not even close. And when he goes on Twitter and says, guys, I had no idea that this guy was even on the radar. I never heard the name before. I think as an Ole Miss fan, you should look at that and think that's a good thing. That should make you happy. That a guy as connected and well-sourced in coaching searches as that dude had no idea that this was going to be the hire. It shows you that a lot of things. I think most importantly, stealing a guy from a better program to do the same position at Ole Miss is massive. It happened with uh, Joe John Finley, who's at Texas A&M. Ole Miss hired him for the exact same position. It happened again. John David Baker at Southern Cal. A, I mean, there's no doubt, no, no debate. A better program, a more national brand than Ole Miss. Ole Miss would probably beat them if they played today, but that, that's beside the point. You guys understand what I'm talking about. Southern Cal is a national brand major college football program that nobody on earth would say Ole Miss is a better job than Southern Cal. But here is Lane Kiffin again, out of nowhere, not sourced from anybody, nobody's even talking about it, quietly poaching a guy from Southern Cal to do the exact same position at Ole Miss. Think about that. I, I, taught, I said last week the whole say it out loud thing. Say that out loud. Ole Miss was able to hire a staff member from Southern Cal to do the exact same job. Maybe he's getting more money. I, I mean, I guess that's possible. It's the same job. It's not a promotion. 
He was the tight ends coach at Southern California. Now he's the tight ends coach at Ole Miss. I don't think Ole Miss has formally announced that yet, although multiple people have said that he was in town this weekend. And, I mean, that it's done. So, that is significant. Say that out loud and and tell me how that makes you feel. Ole Miss was able to hire a coach from Southern Cal to do the exact same thing at Ole Miss. It's a big deal. And it, it shows you the kind of Rolodex, one, that Kiffin has, and two... The, the kind of people that want to coach for him. It's really significant. And again, regardless of what is said on local talk radio here in Jackson, um, that is a good sign. Logic tells you that's a good thing. But again, I don't wear thick colored glasses. so um, It's a nice hire. It's a big deal. And uh, he is... Uh, really considered and praised as a really good recruiter, but that's just kind of how his staff has worked out. I mean, that's what he goes after in the hiring process is guys that can recruit. 2022, they've got to take a step forward if they want to keep building the program in recruiting. The top 25 class was very good, all things considered, and we'll talk more about that in a second also. Sounds like they're going to add one really significant piece to that recruiting class. Um, but they got to take another step forward. This still is the SEC West where everybody recruits really, really well. Uh, so they've got to do the same. This is the kind of guy on your coaching staff that you need to make that happen. It's a big deal. And the fact that nobody had any access to it, I, I love that. I think that is exactly how you should run a program. Um, and some people don't like it. Some people have covered the team differently. Because they don't have any access. And that's okay. I mean, that's fine. Um, As long as you're winning, that's cool. Maybe if you start losing games, you need some local media to be friendly to you. But um, that's not how Saban does it. Doesn't appear to be that's how Ryan Day does it. I mean, if you can believe it, I think even Clemson, although Dabo is a little different than Nick Saban, even they have a... um, an air of exclusivity. Uh, there's not too many insiders, you know what I mean? I like the fact, and you should too, that the football coach can do things um, like in the dark of night. I think that's the better way to run a program. Uh, I think that this is a sign of maturity in your new coach. Uh, I think it's a sign of Things to come for your program. Now that, especially somebody in a leadership position like Keith Carter is getting a taste of how a football program is supposed to be run, where you give me everything you can and get out of my way and I'm going I'm going to win and that's it. Um, this is how it should always be. I know it's important to have donors and alumni and stuff really like your football coach, but the only thing that matters is winning. That's it. It's the only thing that matters. So... I'm going all over the place right now, but uh, I think you guys understand what I'm getting at. The fact that Lane Kiffin was able to make this hire without anybody knowing about it, I think is a sign of how a football program is supposed to be run. There doesn't need to be all these inside leaks and stuff like that. It should be. Media should have to work to get information from your college football program. 
They shouldn't just get it handed to them because they play golf together or whatever. It, it should be something they have to work for. And clearly, the guys that cover the team like on a beat-style basis really have to work to get information. I think that's the right way to go about this. I really do. So that's uh, some good news for you on that front. I still, It's crazy that uh, Lane Kiffin's making staff hires and uh, having recruits in town for the weekend when he's uh, clearly taking the Tennessee job, just foaming at the mouth to take the, uh, the Tennessee job. Um, that's crazy. If he ends up taking that job, I'm gonna I'm gonna look so stupid because on every radio show and podcast I've I've been on the last week, I've just destroyed that theory completely. So I I am prepared to eat a ton of crow, but it just boy um, feels like John Gruden. That's what that feels like. But anyway, uh, some more good news, my friend Zach Barry, who covers recruiting for uh, for Rebel Grove, a uh, good guy. Uh, I've known Zach for a while. He says uh, that this weekend, according to sources close to him, that the visit for Malone probably couldn't have gone any better. And he um, seems to anticipate his signature on signing day, which will be on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, that, that's obviously a big deal. Now we got to see if it actually comes to fruition. I don't know how many visits go poorly. That number is probably very, very, very small. Um, you probably remember Laquan Treadwell's Oklahoma State visit not going well. Or was it Oklahoma? I think it was both, actually. I don't remember. But one of his visits didn't go well, so it does happen, but rarely. Uh, Malone was always going to love his second visit to Oxford because it's a college town and he's a high school kid and college towns are awesome to high school kids. But uh, certainly feels like right now Ole Miss has all the momentum. Ole Miss has the most to sell him in both sports seems like uh, Bianco and uh, his assistants have done a really nice job recruiting him for baseball. And uh, Ole Miss uh, obviously done a pretty good job on the football side of things as well. So that would be a big deal. We talked about it last week. I, I won't repeat myself too terribly much. But it's just getting a kid like this late in the process is something that they've failed to do for seven years now. Uh, just have not been able to close particularly well. And this staff closed well. Um, around early signing day, especially with MJ Daniels getting that thing done, and now in a position of absolute desperate need, a uh, top 100 kid, an elite-level defensive lineman, if they seal the deal with Florida State and Texas A&M going after this kid, there's just another example. I think it's a huge sign of a difference with their ability to recruit and, most importantly, their ability to close. That's the biggest thing. Even Hugh Freeze after 13 did not close well. Lane Kiffin in his first full cycle, even with COVID, in the early period closed well. And if they get Malone, which is, I mean, they might sign a couple of other like sleeper guys that you haven't heard of. I think this is really like the only person to watch on signing day. Uh, signing him would be a big-time close, which is different than what you're used to, I'm sure. I mean, I talk to my friends all the time, and, and most of their uh, – the the tone around signing day is, well, you know, we're going to lose a guy to, to that school, or he's definitely not going to Ole Miss. That's changed a little bit. Uh, that's definitely changed. And uh, if they can sign Malone, that's a big deal. So according to Zach, uh, the visit went well. He was able to hang out with the two baseball players uh, who also play football. I think that's really important. 
um, because none of the other schools involved really have that. And he got to spend his weekend with two guys that do it. Uh, something to point to instead of, yeah, like Texas A&M, for example. Yeah, you know, we, we like, uh, we're fine with you playing baseball. That, yeah, that sounds okay. Ole Miss is like, no, we got proof. There's these two guys. They play baseball and football. You can too. Here's why. Here they are. Talk to them. It's different. It's easier to sell. And it sounds like uh, they may have just pulled that off. So big, big, big time pickup. If they are able to pull that off, uh, it will be on CBS Sports HQ, um, which is uh, an app that I love, by the way. I'm a big fan of them and their approach and, and how they do things. I, I, It's like the Sports Center of old. Uh, not as funny, of course, but it is... Um, that's how it operates. That's how it looks. That's how it works. It's just highlights and quick analysis, and, and that's it, really. So, if you don't have that, I would encourage you to download it, honestly. And then, uh, especially do it because you're probably going to get good news on National Signing Day from a guy on that app. So, um, I would check it out. There's your free endorsement of the day. They didn't pay me for that. Um, so, there that is. And finally... Uh, this will probably be a short podcast today, just a heads up. Uh, I spent uh, the morning working on uh, the live stream that starts tomorrow. So this is going to be a little bit uh, of a shorter podcast, but just quick hits, really. I mean, that's all you guys are looking for, right? You get a new tight ends coach, the Malone visit went well, and basketball. Ole Miss gets a win over Texas A&M. It was an 11-point win. It was more dominating than that. They kind of coasted to the finish, uh, only up by three at the half, and then really turned it on. Uh, Well, it was late in the first half, and then for most of the second half, just played absolutely suffocating defense uh, against Texas A&M. So they forced 18 turnovers in the game, and they actually only out-rebounded Texas A&M by one, but they forced A&M into just 40% from the field, 23% from three, and only let them take eight foul shots. That is... This is the recipe for Ole Miss winning games. Turnovers, suffocating defense, and Ole Miss got to the line a lot because their guards attacked, especially Jarkel Joyner. He attacked the basket. They got the ball into Romello White more often. He only, Romello White only officially took one shot in the game but had nine points because he got to the line eight times. So Ole Miss was more physical than Texas A&M. Ole Miss was more suffocating. They seem to have played with more energy. They're already really long and athletic. I mean, they should have always been a really good defensive team. But when you have that kind of defensive performance, when you play with that kind of physicality, when you disrupt the passing lanes the way they do, when they're that locked in and engaged defensively, they this was how good they were always supposed to be. And earlier in the season when they, they squandered a couple of late leads... I mean, they have four losses that probably could have slash should have been wins because they had uh, late leads or were in the game late and just couldn't close. They didn't do things like this. Texas A&M and Mississippi State are not Missouri, who they played twice on the schedule, for example. Arkansas is going to be a challenge on Wednesday. However, this is what they were always supposed to look like. Suffocating, engaged defense, disrupting passing lanes, playing physical. Um, I think Buffin and White were really good. Uh, White especially was engaged defensively, and like I said, got to the line a lot. Buffin was really efficient. Um, I think Luis Rodriguez didn't show up much on the stat sheet, but just his physical presence 
is really, really important. And the guard play. I mean, that's really the difference in these two games. It's the guard play. Jarkel Joyner and Devontae Shuler played with confidence. And when those two guys play with confidence and attack the basket the way they do and beat defenders the way they do because they can, this is the result. This is what happens. Joyner was 7-11 from the field, only took three three-point shots. He attacked the basket. He had seven rebounds in the game and only turned the basketball over twice. He attacked. He was confident. He made good choices, good decisions. And so did Shuler. For the second game in, the row, in a row, Devontae Shuler was 3 of 8 from 3. You'll take that all day long. Uh, had 4 assists, a handful of rebounds as well, 17 points. When those two guys play at that confidence level, it's a completely different team. If they can just be more consistent, just those two guys, more consistent the way they have the last couple of games, they're going to play meaningful basketball down the stretch. This is what was missing, was confident guard play. The ability was there. That's why when people said a couple weeks ago, oh, the talent, they're just not talented enough. BS. That's not true. They have the talent. It just it wasn't coming out. And you, you've seen it the last two games. When the guards play like that, confident like that, making decisions the way they did, attacking the basket, no hesitation, this is what you get. This is the end result. It's a comfortable win because you play suffocating defense and you're getting scoring from your best scorers. This is the recipe for success. This is how they're going to win games. And if they keep this up, they're going to play meaningful basketball down the stretch. And I've noticed a difference, too. And uh, I'm not unique to this opinion. Uh, a lot of you have noticed this. The quick hook seems to have gotten a little bit longer. Uh, Kermit Davis is kind of fav- uh, famous for that, right? He, uh, If a player makes a mistake, he pulls him out of the game right away. He is constantly, or was constantly, substituting guys in and out for making mistakes. One turnover, boom, you're out. One foul, boom, you're out. Take a bad shot, boom, gone. I have not seen that as much. I wish uh, there was some kind of stat that I could find to kind of quantify that. I think I've told you before, I don't like, and I have to do it because I'm in the opinion business, but... I don't like having opinions that I can't quantify, that I can't back up with a stat or something like that, but it it seems to me like Kermit Davis it has stopped the quick hook, at least has, has changed it a little bit. He's letting guys make mistakes. He's letting them establish a rhythm, letting them miss shots or have a turnover or make a bad pass and stay in the game, and that allows them to relax and play comfortably. I think Schuler and Joyner have played so well the last two games because they knew that if they made a mistake, it didn't matter, that they could keep playing. They were able to relax. They didn't press. They played aggressive, but they looked comfortable. They weren't pressing. They didn't know or they didn't think in the back of their mind that, I mean, this has to be perfect or else I'm getting yanked. I could be way off. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but it has felt like to me the last couple of games especially against Texas A&M, that there wasn't really much of a quick hook, especially for those two guys. He, he allowed them to get comfortable. That's different, and I think that needs to continue. Because when those two guys play comfortably, look at what you get. I mean, you get 44% from the field. Uh, they were 
under 33% from three, but your two guards shot the basketball well from distance, and you only took 17 of them. You got to the free throw line 29 times in the game. And turned Texas A&M over 18 times. That, that's the recipe for winning. Uh, so, a really nice win for a really nice week for Ole Miss. When you guys, the fans, were seemingly ready to check out, I think they hook you right back in. You even probably listened to this podcast a few weeks ago or last week when I said, I'm probably not going to do much basketball. You guys seem to not care anymore. You guys are kind of out. I think the this week, these two wins have brought you right back in, and it should have. They have looked different. They didn't win two games against bad teams looking the exact same, and they just found a way to win. They look different. Look more confident. I think they hooked you right back in. You can tell me I'm wrong, uh, but I feel like the fan base, even though you guys can't go to games, which is just, it's a shame, um, you guys are back in. And we'll see if they can get a win this week. A very important win. If they want to really get back to playing meaningful basketball, they have to go uh, and steal one. And this week against Arkansas would be a really good step in that direction. All right, that's it for me. Thank you so much for making the podcast a part of your day. Don't forget to watch the live stream tomorrow. uh, And then every day, beginning tomorrow. Really looking forward to that. The podcast won't go away, but I do encourage you to uh, to watch the live stream. Subscribe to my podcast feed. Just search Michael Borky or Borky Show, and you'll find it there. Um, it won't be just Ole Miss focused. It'll be the state of Mississippi, the Saints, NFL, NBA. You know, the more broad, not just Ole Miss focused, but everything else. So, looking forward to beginning that tomorrow. But in the meantime, have a great week. Thank you for tuning in, and I will talk to you guys again Wednesday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.